And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with Miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ, and comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Honey Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Frank Sinatra stars as footloose and fancy-free Rocky Jordan. I should say Rocky Fortune. I said Jordan, Lisa, from 1954. But it's TV Jeopardy! Lisa Wolf Trebek will play audio clips from popular TV shows. I'll try to name the show while you play along at home, right, Lisa? Right, Carl. So, part two, TV shows with one-word titles. Part yeah. du, du, du. You know, spelled do. And what is it again? TV shows <laughs> with one word titles. One word titles. By the way, I want to make sure everyone knows Rocky Fortune gotcha. is going to start things off with uh, Frank Sinatra. All right. Not Rocky Jordan. No. All Got right. it. Okay. Ready? Yes. Okay. TV shows with one word titles. Here's your first clip. Mass casualty alert. 32 vehicle pileup on the Kennedy Expressway. Over. Is this a drill? Over. Negative, General. This is not a drill. 18 majors, 29 minors. Fire at scene. Rescue vehicle access and communication limited by weather. We're calling out a plan one. Over. Roger, dispatch. Do you have an estimate on the number of casualties? Over. 50 to 100. Over. How many are coming to us? Over. Mercy's power is down. You may get them all. Over. Ah, uh, the only thing I can think of is maybe emergency. It's cl- you're close. I'll tell you your clue there. Is it ER? It is ER. Okay, well, ER really isn't one word. It's initials for um, it, it emergency really is, room. It's actually ER, and I think that's one word. <laughs> no, ER is it, abbreviation for. That's the only reason I, why I, I didn't say ER. I understand it is. So I get that right. <laughs> I'm just, um, I'm making when, an executive decision. When I looked it up online, all of the lists of ideas of That's TV shows with question. one word, ER well, was on it. So I said emergency. That's you the did. First I said it was close. Two words. I'm going to give you half a point no, for I'll that one. No, I'll take a one. full point. I'm going to give you half I'm, a point. I'm on your side, Carl. See, I, I, I get it. Ju- Mike, Mike, when there's a- Who makes Mike When we have a difference of opinion, Mike is the No, he always the sides with you, He's so the I'm not going to go reason. with that. He's the voice I'm gonna of reason. I'm going to give you a half a point for that one. Here's the thing. Your clue there also was that it was on the Kennedy and it was in Chicago. I heard that. That was a big clue I heard for you. All that. ER aired from 94 I, to listen, 2009. I, took my I, I know you do. 
So I, I did a couple little like nurse scenes on ER back in the day mm-hmm. uh, because it was filmed here in Chicago. Right. At a fictional hospital in Chicago. Right. Um, yeah, ER, 94 to 2009. Did you see George Clooney or anybody I, like that? No. I in your scenes? Just kind of a nurse kind of doing yeah. this and that. Uh-huh. I didn't even speak. I was just a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> pretending to be a nurse. They said I have a nursey look. Fortuitous for the show's success. Probably, probably yeah. so. All right. Right. Go I, ahead. I, yeah, I have some funny stories about that. I'll tell you another time. Okay. All right. Here's the next one word clip. Have you heard of Nicholas Barron before this? Yes, sir. You think you could judge this case on its own merits without being influenced by suppositions and innuendos you may have heard or read? I think so, yes. You know me? Not personally. I've defended quite a few cases around, and my name's been in the paper. I think I know heard me? It's that voice, yeah, right? You know that yeah. actor. It's, it, that's what Andy Griffith. It sure is. I never watched this show. I didn't either. But I believe it's called Matlock. Matlock is exactly right. It's a legal wow. drama. That Prevagen, man. Right? It the works. The series was on it from works. 86 to 95. Mm-hmm. I never I mean, watched never, it. never seen it. How am I... How would I know it's Matlock? Well, it stars Andy Griffith yeah, as Ben but, Matlock. So mm-hmm. I recognize that voice. I, I don't know the show, but I would have Never recognized Andy it. Griffith. Was it like a courtroom show? I mean, uh, he under, you know, he finds the evidence and defends his clients in court. Oh, okay. So, Sounds yeah. great. <laughs> it could have been. I don't know. It was very well received. Uh, uh, you didn't watch it, so it must not have been no, good. No, I'm so sure So that's it the wasn't. bottom line. Okay. Here's the next one. I know you watch this one. What is going on here? Oh, no, nothing, Mother. Nothing at all. Now, I didn't use my power to float that bottle to Tabitha. And I know you promised Darwin to restrain your <laughs> Darwin. Darwin. leaves only Tabitha. Oh, that's, I mean, that's about as easy as it, it can I get. I know it. So that's Bewitched. It sure is. It aired from 64 to 72. And we had Samantha Stevens, and of course, we know Elizabeth Montgomery and, and Darwin, and we know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and we hear all sorts of radio shows with oh, her mother. Agnes Moorhead. So Agnes Moorhead. Yeah. All right, here's the next clip. Where's my son? May I ask you, Mr. Cartwright, to address whatever questions you may have to my friend, Langford Poole. Mr. Poole, as you well know, boasts 12 notches on his gun. Would you care to try for 13? Mm, must be Go a Western. Home, mm-hmm. Cartwright. Go Cartwright. home, Cartwright. Go home, Cartwright. That's right. All right, so I definitely know this one. Okay, well, I gave you Just a big clue there right with the Cartwrights. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely 100% Bonanza. It sure is. Ran from 73. I purposely didn't give you that. So it was set in the 1860s, and it's the Cartwright family, which, of course, I gave you the clue, the Ponderosa, the Large Ranch, and I did not watch this either, but... No, I watched it. You watched that? Oh, yeah, Bonanza, sure. No, I didn't, but Not originally. I've seen it in reruns. Right. Well, you could have. I mean, it was on to 73. Yeah, I don't remember watching it as a kid, but yeah. Here's the last one. All right. I'm Louis De Palma. Oh, I hope there's no trouble. If there is, I'll be glad to help in any way I can. Oh, no, no. It's just that they told me I'd be starting work today as a driver. Oh, here's my hack line. You're a cab driver? Uh-huh. What do you mean busting my chops here? Make them believe you're a regular person. <laughs> no, wait over there. I'll call your name and number. Till then, keep your mouth shut. 
Jeez. What's wrong? Don't they feed you in there? Oh, yeah. I can't. Uh, yeah. I definitely know this one. That was a great clue. And I, I didn't watch it all the time, but, you know, when I did, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. That's Taxi. It sure is. 78 to 83. And we've got this group of crazy New York City taxi drivers. We've got a great ensemble cast with Judd Hirsch and Danny DeVito, Christopher Lloyd. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah. All well, right. you did really well. I got them all. I guess. Yes, I oh, got them fine, all. Fine, Carl. All right. When fine. we come back... It's the chairman of the board himself, Frank Sinatra, starring as Rocky Fortune. Don't miss it. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Before we tune into Rocky Fortune, hey, I have a special announcement for everybody. It's pretty cool, Lisa. You know, I know you're not a big CD fan, but Mike loves CDs. I know our listeners love CDs. And I have several thousand brand new CDs in my warehouse with uh, two half-hour digitally remastered classic radio shows on each CD. And I want to clear them out of the warehouse. I'm going to sell them to listeners for my manufacturing costs are only $1 an episode. So only $2 a CD. I mean, that's literally what it costs me to manufacture these CDs. Now, this is, uh, of course, while supplies last. I only have a few thousand. Hollywood 360 listeners can buy 60 half-hour classic radio shows on 30 CDs for 60 bucks. That's the deal. And here's the fun of it. Yeah. If you call tonight and you call our toll-free number, I guess, it's, is it toll-free? No, it's not toll-free, but a, it's, it's an just an 815 number. number yeah. um, Carl or I will either answer or return your call and take your order. We'll have a chance to connect with you on the phone. So yeah. it's an exciting offer, and it's a great way to order it. You can do it right on the phone with us. Yeah, now here's the deal. We also will supply you the historical liner notes for all 60 shows you're going to get. But I want to make an announcement to our Classic Radio Club members. Many of these CDs are past Classic Radio Club CD sets. So if you're a Classic Radio Club member, you might not want to order these because you may already have some of these CDs in your collection. But if you're not a Classic Radio Club member, this is quite an offer. 60 half-hour Classic Radio shows digitally remastered on 30 CDs, only $60. That's just $1 per half-hour show. Call 815-900-7535. 
Have your credit card handy. We'll take your order. We'll send these out early in the week. You'll get them very quickly. Um, again, 815-900-7535. And yes, Lisa or I will uh, answer tonight. And if we don't answer, that means we're on the phone with somebody else, but we'll call you back. So make sure you leave your name and telephone number. 60 shows for 60 bucks. Yeah. That's a deal. I'll say it is. 30 CDs for only 60 bucks. All right, time for Rocky Fortune. Oh, man, this was a good series. It's sort of an amateur detective series. And Frank Sinatra played Rocky Fortunato, a young man in need of employment. And he accepted uh, odd jobs from the Gridley Employment Agency. It was sort of, um, you know, he would always get mixed up in some trouble and he would solve the crime or whatever it was. Barney Phillips was Police Sergeant Hamilton J. Finger. And this came to radio for only one season in 1953. We have an episode for you now going back to January 12th, 1954. It's called the Rodeo Murder Mystery. It stars the great Frank Sinatra. Here's part one of Rocky Fortune. Now, Frank Sinatra, transcribed as Rocky Fortune. NBC presents Frank Sinatra, starring as that footloose and fancy-free young gentleman, Rocky Fortune. When it comes to employment, I am what you might call a connoisseur. I have jobs which are strictly out of this world. The last one I had nearly put me there permanently. I am instructed to report to the Ninth Avenue Arena. When I get there, I find the horse follies of 1954 is all over the place. The legit title is Grand National Rodeo. And I find the boss, an old guy with a hat you could stew tomatoes in, hanging over the rail, watching a cowboy ride on a bull, which must have just sat down on a hornet. <laughs> you, Colonel Larrabee? Right that boy stuck to that critter's back like he had a pot of glue in his hip pocket. Excuse me, I'm looking for Colonel Larrabee. He made a problem in the car. That boy's the best brain of bull rider I've seen in 20 years. Hey, get that critter away from him. Talk on it. How many times have I told those broken down tramps to get him away from him? Look out. He's clear, Pop. He's up over the fence rail. Oh, I've got to tell them hands to move him quicker. Don't look good when a rider gets gored by the bull. It's bad publicity. Gets the Humane Society down on you. I don't mean to interrupt, uh, but are you Colonel Larrabee? I am. Who are you? Rocky Fortune. The agency said that you needed an administrative assistant. Administrative assistant? <laughs> I told that agency I wanted an errand boy, somebody from the West. Sure, that's me. You from the West? Yeah, 11th Avenue. You get any further west than that, you're on the Hudson River. Ah. Oh, come on, Pop. You just want somebody to run errands. He doesn't have to qualify as a top hand. Well, I suppose not. Dude. Yeah, what's keeping that next rider? Well, uh, Mr. Fortune, I'm Jane Larrabee. Colonel here's my father. If you're going to work for the rodeo, you'll just have to get used to him. He's so western, he makes Wild Bill Hickok look like a sophomore ambassador. <laughs> now, Janie, don't you go running down the west. All right, young man. You mean I'm hired? Okay, what am I supposed to do? Anything I tell you to. 
mostly run errands and answer the telephone for me. The show's on, I'm all over this barn. I need somebody to keep me in touch with the office. For printing? Sure. I'm the tail on your dog. Yeah? Yeah. All right, Fortune. I guess I'm stuck with you. You can start right now. You go down to my office and bring up the tally on the box office receipts for today's matinee. It's on my desk. Sure. Where's your office? Down those stairs over there. My name's on the door. Reet, Dad. Reet. Huh? Oh, Westerner. Ah! I have to pull myself away from the fence rail, and I hear the snap as my eyes peel off Jane Larrabee. She's one of them tall dames, dressed like the rest of the cowboys in Levi's and fancy shirt. But somehow the shirt turns out fancier than it was originally intended, and she manages to look somewhat different from Gary Cooper in similar circumstances. The colonel's office is down a long hall, which looks like the Canal Street station of the Broadway subway. I open the door and walk in. For a second, I think I'd forgotten to open the door. Something clobbered me behind the ear, and I go down for a long count. And just as I'm beginning to come up for air, I hear somebody coming down the corridor. I open one eye and spot a pair of bow legs that could walk over a beer barrel without noticing it. What are you doing down there? Oh, my head. Where's that list I sent you for? It's been close to an hour. I was slugged. Oh, well, come on into my office and I'll... What happened in here? Looks like somebody tried to turn the desk inside out. The guy that slugged me... Uh -huh. I figured that might happen. Some low-down coyote tried to rob me. Uh, maybe we better call the cops, huh? No, no. If Larry can't handle his own affairs without calling on a chef, he might as well fold up. Besides, it'd be bad publicity for the show. Well, it's almost time for you... Hey, what's this? Hey, glad you come along, Ringo. Some pat rack slugged Fortune and busted into my desk. Fortune, this is my top hand, Ringo Durham. Howdy. Howdy. Well, I told you not to leave all that money around if you'd only put it in the bank. I don't hold with no banks. I want my money where I can lay my hands on it. Did you have much dough stashed in the roll top? Well, he had the receipts for the matinee, $25,000. That ain't hay. Pop, they're holding up the entrance key. What's the matter? Somebody broke in the colonel's desk. Pop, did they get the money for the note? Now, nah, don't you worry, Janie. There's evening show yet. But it's due at midnight. If you don't have $45,000, ACA takes over the show. Who's ACA? Amusement Corporation Associates. They got a lien on the show. Pop, why couldn't you put the money in the bank? I begged him, Jane. Oh, I know you did, Rango. Pop, ACA's been trying to take over your show for ten years now. Now, don't you worry, honey. I ain't gonna let them pies and prairie dogs get a hold of my show. I built it up from a Wheel of Fortune booth at the county fair, and I ain't gonna lose it now. But the money. You won't be able to make the payment. Pop, what are we going to do? Jane, you know, I've got enough saved up. You can always count on me. I'd be pleased to help you. I don't have to. What? You think I'm a bleating maverick still wet behind the ears? The money wasn't in my desk. Wasn't? Got it right here. Where? You didn't think it was that miserable wolf bait we've been eating in the cafeteria put this lump on my middle? You mean you're carrying the money with you? In a money belt. Any man gets it off me, got to get my pants first. And ain't a larabee been caught with his pants down since the Oklahoma land rush. What happened in the Oklahoma land rush? Son, that's a long story. It's a lucky thing ever busted in here didn't know that. I still think we ought to call the cops. I don't need no tenderfoot posse. I carry my own policemen, two of them. Ringo, you can tell everybody in the show that I got my money where I carry my lunch. And I'll blow a hole through the first man that goes for it. Big enough to drive a yearling bull through. I can take care of myself. <laughs> 
Rodeo all day. And there's a certain atmosphere around the Rodeo, and it gets stronger as you go downstairs where they keep the horses. I strike up a conversation with a bunch of the wild horse jockeys, but all of them who aren't called Slim are called Tex. So I can't tell one from another. And this is very confusing to me, and I'm beginning to wish that I'm back in the East where people speak English and the ladies wear high heels. Just before the evening show, I'm standing outside the colonel's office when I hear voices inside. Colonel, what do you know about this maverick fortune? Nothing. Why? Well, that's a mighty interesting coincidence. You sent him down to your office, he's gone in an hour, and there's an attempted robbery. But he was dry gulch. Well, that's what he says. Maybe he heard you coming and laid down and put on a knife. Uh, I don't know. I'd feel a lot safe if you'd let me take that money over to the bank. Now, don't you worry, Ringo. I'm keeping it right here. I just want to get my hands on any skunk that tries to grab my poke. Well, how about fortune? I got my eye on him. One move out of line and I'll cancel him like a check. I figure I'd better keep my nose clean, so I spend the evening sitting alongside of Jane Larrabee where I can get a good look at her profile, which is very rewarding, all the way down to her spurs. She's telling me about the Rodeo, and I'm beginning to figure it's a plot thought up by the hospital across the street to drum up trade. And then when the rider falls off the bull, they try to edge a critter away from him. Well, suppose the bull don't edge. Well, you see that dummy hanging in the middle of the ring? With the cowboy clothes on? Uh Mm Uh-huh. Sometimes if you run behind that, the bull can't tell the difference, so he tosses the dummy on his horns. Bulls are nearsighted. Yeah. One of them one day is going to get bifocals, and you're all going to be in trouble. (laughs) Well, I've got to get along now. I'm entered in the bucking bronco contest tonight. You mean you ride them four-legged pogo sticks? Sure. Would you like to try it? Thank you, no. I'm too nervous. I'll stick to jumping in front of the express trains on the 8th Avenue subway. That is the first portion of Rocky Fortune from January 12, 1954, starring Frank Sinatra in the Rodeo Murder Mystery. And this was his only regular radio drama series. He had, of course, many musical shows. I think he had about a dozen different, you know, Frank Sinatra show. He was on Light Up Time. He had, uh, you know, obviously he was the lead on Your Hit Parade. So he had a he did a lot of radio, but this was his only dramatic program. And uh, we have all of the episodes, and uh, this is good quality. Uh, Frank Sinatra episode of Rocky Fortune. We'll get back to it in a, in a bit. Um, lots more coming your way on Hollywood 360 with my team. Lisa Wolf is my co-host. Mike Bubblebath Costella, our executive producer, will be right back. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. 
Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Sounds like our listeners like 60 shows for 60 bucks on 30 CDs because we've had quite a few calls. Now, this is while supplies last, folks. So our Hollywood 360 listeners can uh, receive brand new CDs in my warehouse. Each CD has two half-hour classic radio shows. We're doing a deal for my cost to manufacture. That's 60 shows on 30 CDs for only 60 bucks. That is one dollar per is. half hour That's classic some good radio math show. There, we are clearing the warehouse, so this yeah. is a one time opportunity. Yeah, and hopefully you'll get in on it. Yeah. Plus, uh, we're going to send you the liner notes too. There's really great liner notes for all these shows, so you can read about the programs and listen to them. Carl and I are answering the phones tonight, so mm-hmm. if you give us a call tonight, and we will call you back or answer right away. Yeah. And uh, happy to sign you up. The the number to call eight one five. Nine hundred seven five three five. We'll take your order. We'll send them out first thing, uh, first of the week. Right. You'll have sixty half hour shows for only sixty bucks on thirty CDs. That's the cost of my manufacturing. Eight one five nine hundred seven five three five. Have your credit card handy. We'll take your order, and Lisa or I will answer the uh, the call tonight. And as Lisa said, if we're on the uh, other line. Just leave your name and telephone number. We'll call you back ASAP, 815-900-7535. We're listening to Rocky Fortune, starring the great Frank Sinatra in his only regular dramatic radio series. January 12th, 1954, this is called The Rodeo Murder Mystery. Here's the conclusion. Later on, I watch Jane Larrabee wrestle an 800-pound steer down to his knees in 12 seconds, and I make a mental note not to try anything in a taxi cab with his doll. In that case, I figure the odds would be that she'd have me down, roped, branded, with a notch cut out of my ear before the cab meter could run up 35 cents. I head down below the main arena to the old man's office to find out if he had any messages for me to run. I open the door and walk in. Uh, Colonel, I came down to... Holy smokes. Colonel. Colonel. Dead as a mac. Put up your hand, stranger. What? Oh, it's you. Listen, Ringo, the old man... I can see. He's been shot. Yeah, you used his own gun, didn't you? What are you talking about? Now, don't you step this way, mister. Now, wait a minute. Just a minute. I walked into the office and there he was. Well, that's your story. Looks like I caught you just in time. Now, hand over the money. I haven't got any money. I didn't do it. Listen, while you're standing there making like the Lone Ranger, the real killer's probably halfway to the Bronx. Oh, no, he ain't. He's right here. Ringo, what's the matter? They're calling for you, down, but... What is it? What's happened? Jane, it's your pa. What do you mean? What... Oh, Pop. Pop, what is it? He's dead. Oh, oh Pop. Pop. No, no. He was shot Pop. with his own gun. No. <laughs> you're going to pay for this fortune. But I didn't do it. Why should I? 45000 I didn't take the money. You can search me. Well, maybe you didn't have time. I look in his money belt and don't move. I can shoot out a candle from horseback. Oh, Pop. The money belt's still full. That's what I tried to tell you. 
just didn't get a chance to take it. Hey, what is it? This isn't money in here. It's newspaper. Newspapers. With well, the old man must have been trying to fool the killer. He must have hid the money somewhere else. I guess he did fool the killer, didn't he, Fortune? Listen, you bow-legged lunkhead. I didn't shoot him. Janie, you want me to take it? Oh, please, Ringo. I'd better go upstairs. The show. I can't stay here. I... I don't want to think. You do whatever you think is best. All right, Jane, don't worry. I'll take care of it. Look, I hate to repeat myself, but you better call the cops. Don't need no cops. We'll take care of this our own way. You can't do that. After the show, me and the boys will give you a nice fair trial before we string you up. You can't do this. This is New York City. I want a habeas corpus. Well, there'll be a corpus, all right. Colonel Larby was the finest old man you'd ever want to know. There isn't a hand in this show that wouldn't take a chance of swinging to make sure his killer got what was coming to him. Now, right after the show, we're going to fit you for a nice long necktie. Now, get moving. Ringo, again, I tell you, why don't you send for the cops? Because some smart city lawyer might find a way to weasel you out of this. Yeah, that's what I was hoping Get in here. What is this? A box stall. We'll keep you in here nice and cozy till I round up the boys and go on. Hey, there's something in there. A horse. Oh, that's Sam, the educated mule. He won't mind. Go on. All right, quit pushing. And don't tickle Sam on the side. That's what makes him kick. Thanks a lot. We want you in one piece till we can get a hold of you. If I was you, I'd start practicing. Practicing what? How to sing Bury Me Not on the Lone Prairie. I am sharing a lovely one-room apartment tastefully decorated with antique feed bags and harness straps with luxuriant wall-to-wall straw. My roommate is Sam, an intelligent-looking mule who gives me the fishy eyes. Now, look, Sam, I don't know you and you don't know me, so let's leave it that way. Now, you stay over on your side, and I'll stay over on mine. Well, you got sinus condition, too. You know, pal, you'll have them tonsils out. Now, look, Sam, all this is very pleasant, but I've got to figure some way to get out of this before that crazy bunch of cowboys decides to try an 18-foot necktie for size with me on the end of it. Hey! Let me out of here! Anybody! Let me out of here! I got a right to make one phone call. Hey! Hey! What are you doing in there, Mac? At last, a human voice. How did you get in here without a Western dialect? All right, Mac, stick up your hands before I blow your belt buckle out through your spine. What? Say no fountain pen. I got stuck in your ribs. I've been betrayed by a Brooklyn accent. What are you, punchy? Where's the dough? What dough? The old man's dough, the 25 G's. How should I know? You've been with him all day. Come on now, bright boy, talk. Where'd he stash the dough when he stuffed that money belt with newspaper? How did you know he had newspaper? Never mind, I can guess. Now, you're real bright. You knocked him off. Look, I ain't got much time. I'll give you three, and then I'm gonna let you have it. You wouldn't dare shoot down here. You'll have the cops in the joint on your heels in a minute. You kidding with all them horse boys firing blanks upstairs? You got a point. All right. I'll tell you where the dough is. Come on. You see this drinking fountain over there? Yeah. 
Behind it, there's a loose brick. The water fountain? Yeah, look over the top. Yeah, you keep your hands up where I can see him here. Sure, sure. I don't see no brick. Lean over the top. Yeah, where? Here. <laughs> I slam my foot down on the fountain pedal, let him have a shot of ice water and a kisser, and then I'm off running with a clear track. Hey! Hey, you! Hey! Come on back here, you! I figure if I stay in the carter, I'm a set up for a slug in the back, so I take the first right turn, head up a ramp, and out a little door. I slam it quick behind me, which is a mistake. I'm right smack in the middle of the arena and coming my way fast is about 2,000 pounds of cow with a built-in pitchfork between the ears. I give him a quick sidestep and the bull puts on the brakes and skids to a stop 10 feet away. Hey, Ferdinand. Ferdy, come on, Ferdinand. You want to smell a nice carnation? Atta boy, you go down the other end and I'll meet you there in 20 minutes. Nice, Ferdinand. Don't get sore, baby. Don't get sore. Rocky! Rocky, don't move! Who's moving? Stay still. A bull won't charge if you stay still. That's your story. How does he feel about it? Don't move. The riders will edge him away. Come on! I ain't got time to wait, honey. Ferdinand quits pawing the ground, shifts into first and starts. This kid's strictly hydromatic and he must be doing 50 when he goes past the place where I was. He pulls up short and looks around a little confused. He can't find me, which is not surprising, because I'm swinging back and forth across the arena on the dummy, which hangs in the middle of the ring. On one end of the swing is the bull, and on the other end is Rango, which is no improvement. Rocky, hold on. Hold on, we'll get you out. Whatever you do, don't let go. Get me off this dummy. Bull doesn't get your fortune now, Will. You ain't getting away this way. Somebody get me off this dummy. I'm getting seasick. May I have this next wall, Max? Drop off over here. They got the ball the other end. Go ahead, drop. Don't even go. Okay, here I go. So long, Max. It's been grand. Unfortunately, I make a small miscalculation and let go on Rango's end of the swing. He picks me up and dusts me off with his hand which he happens to have rolled up into a fist at the time. You thought you'd get away. Listen, Apple Knocker, wise up. The real killer's right downstairs. What are you talking about? A short, fat guy from Brooklyn. Oh, you're lying to me, you sad I tell you, he told me he killed the old man. Now, come on, we can get him before he gets out of the building. Okay. But if we don't find him, we're still going to see you fitted for a real tight collar. Let's get going. Don't trip over those spurs. See a new unfortunate. You might have gotten away. Wait a minute. What? There he is, down the hall. Come on. That's where you shoved me into that box store, riding around this corner. He's gone. Couldn't be. I saw him. Wait a minute. Look, the door of the box store. It's moving. You see that polecat's got a shooting iron? Yeah, it ain't as big as that slide trombone you carry, but it's for real. You better let me handle this one. Now stand back. Be my guest. I'll kick open the door. Ready? Now! Not bad gun. All right, Fortune, I got him. Yeah, that's him, all right. Hey, he's still moving. 
We'd better get an ambulance for him. Why bother? Well, it just doesn't seem friendly this way. Help me. All right, Mac. Take it easy. We'll get a doctor. No, no it's no use. Dirty rat. Uh, go get a doctor, Fortune. Wait a minute. He's saying something. Dirty rat. Hired me to get money. Then he... Who, who did? Who hired you? Then he shoots, he shoots me down. And he means that Fortune, you... you just ain't a lucky hombre. If he died like he should have, you wouldn't be in trouble now. Don't move. You hired the killer. I didn't tell him to kill the old man. Just wanted the money so he couldn't meet that note. Then he would have had to come to me for the money. You were going to take over the show, huh? I'm going to. Not if I can get to the cops, you ain't. Well, that's why you ain't going to. I figure I killed one man here in self-defense. I might as well make it two. You were afraid this hood would talk, huh? I wish we lacked numbers like you, strong, silent, and dead. Okay, Fortune, here it comes. Oh, Rocky, are you all right? Jenny. Rocky, what's going on in here? Who is that man? The one on the floor is the guy who killed your dad, and the guy with the cannon in my ribs is the man who hired him to do it. Ringo? Fortune, I'll kill you for that. Guess again. If you do, you'll have to kill her, too. And something tells me you ain't got the courage, pal. You're through, Ringo. Why don't you give it up? Not yet. I'm getting out of here, and Janie, you'll come oh, with no, me. No. Rango, you ain't got a chance. Jane is my chance. Anybody comes after me and she gets your fortune. Now remember that before you go calling the cops. Rango tucks the girl under one elbow and gives me a straight arm into the straw with the other. The door slams, the lock snaps, and I'm back in housekeeping with a mule. This time he's nervous and lets fly a pair of heels at my head. Hey, look out! This gives me an idea. I figure I can't kick the door open, but the mule can. I climb up on top of him because that's the safest place. Line him up with the door and tickle him under the left hind leg. Nice work, Sam. Now hold still while I get down. I said, let me get off now. Let me get... Cut it out, Sam. Let me off, Sam. Where are you taking me? Sam heads down the corridor like a three-year-old coming down to widen a chute at Jamaica. I guess I'd better stay on till he slows down, so I bury both hands in his mane and go along for the ride. We hit the sidewalk, and I spot Rango pulling Jane into a taxi down the block. It's obvious that they went that away, so Sam and I start after it. This is Sam's idea, strictly. Now, a runaway mule has been a little unusual on 9th Avenue since about 1911, I guess. So by the time we hit 46th Street, there's a traffic jam and a horse pulls up between a beer truck and a taxi cab. And I fall off just as the cab door opens. Well, Rover Boy. Go in the cab door, Fortune. I'll plug you like I plug... Okay, I'll close the door. Oh, a hand! All right, Rango. Now I got the gun. Oh, how do you hold this thing with one hand? You ain't going nowhere now. Not New York City in a traffic jam. Get out, Rango. Rocky, he was trying to take over the show. I know, I know. Well, we'll lose it anyway. We haven't got the $45,000 to pay the note. That's easy. It's right where your father hid it. But we don't know where. I do. I asked Max. Max? That dummy that's hung over the arena in the bull riding. He's got 45 G's stuffed inside his shirt.
NBC has presented Frank Sinatra as that footloose and fancy-free young gentleman, Rocky Fortune. Others in tonight's cast included Dan Riss, Marion Richman, Don Diamond, Tony Barrett. Tonight's script was written by Ernest Kinoy. Andrew C. Love directed. to tell you about next week's adventure, here's Frank Sinatra as Rocky Fortune. Did I ever tell you about the time I conducted a sightseeing tour at the museum? Man, they got dead people and sarcophagi lying all over that place. Not that I'm squeamish about a bunch of old mummies, believe me, but when they tried to embalm me, that's why I drew the line. I'll tell you about it next week. See you around. Visit with Pepper McGee and Molly tonight on the NBC Radio Network. All right, there you have it. Frank Sinatra starring as Rocky Fortune from January 12th, 1954, The Rodeo Murder Mystery. Also in the cast, Tony Barrett and um, Dan Riss, Marion Richman, and Don Diamond. That was directed by Andrew C. Love. He was quite the lovely guy, you know, Andrew, wasn't he? Lovely. You're wasn't lovely, he? Carl. I think you're I know. a lovely... Do people am. say that to you? Carl Amari is a lovely guy. He's a lovely guy. Does you know, anybody you know, say that to nobody you? Nobody says that anymore. Oh, that was lovely. I don't people think don't lovely is that. a word I would tri- attribute to Carl Amari in any sense. Why? I'm not lovely? No. And did you, did you hear him earlier? He's like, I'm going to keep my nose clean. That's you don't right. hear that anymore either. It's antiquated. But we know what it means. Yeah, but it's an antiquated term. I like you know? it. I'm going to keep I'm my gonna, nose clean. I'm going to use clean. that now. I wonder what it is. So you can like, stay out of trouble. Take some grease and rub it on my nose, and then I'm not. No, I'm, stay out of trouble. Yeah. Keep your nose keep, clean. Keep your nose clean. That's right, Carl. It's good, <laughs> good advice, you know? It is good advice. <laughs> NBC Radio Network Production. You know, interestingly, this program, okay, was at a time in Frank Sinatra's life that was not, like, going that well. His career wasn't going that well. But he had just starred or co-starred in a movie, From Here to Eternity, and it was about to come out. And it came out less than one week after Sinatra. You know, the last episode of Rocky Fortune came, you know, aired Mm -hmm. less than a week after Sinatra won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor in that film, From Here to Eternity. And then that was it for this yeah. series. He was probably like, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm done with this, oh, this radio game. I'm gig. waiting for my big break, just like that. <laughs> when you win an Academy Award. <laughs> I'll be out of here. You're out of here? Oh, yeah. Don't you, don't you love doing this? You would give it up for an Academy Award? Come it's on, possible. Lisa. It's possible. How could you do that? It's all about the money, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> the fame. All right, time for this month in music history. All right, we're going back to the 1960s. We'll start with this song. Don't you want somebody to love? Don't you need somebody You know who's singing? You usually know the group. Yeah. Somebody to love. You better 
find somebody to um now, Somebody to Love is also a Queen song, but that's it, not this song. I'm just going to throw a, I'm just going to have a okay. guess. Janis Joplin? No. No, you're on the wrong it's track. A, it's a woman, though, right? It's a it's a group. But it's a woman singing, right? I oh, think, it, yes, it is. It is. God, I know it. I just I know, can't. you always do. So it was originally recorded by a group called The Great Society, but later... The one that we all know is Jefferson Airplane. Oh, Jefferson. 1967. But is that a guy or a girl? It sounds like a girl, but I honestly... It sounds like a girl. It sounds like a girl uh, to I me. I could be wrong. I don't but know. But I'm going to look it up as soon as we uh, have a moment. Uh, Rolling Stone Magazine ranked it uh, number 274 I'll give on you, their list of 500 greatest I'm gonna songs I'm going to give you a million dollars. A million. Okay. okay? I don't have a million. But, but that's if how you I, did. That's how I know you're not going to get this right. Okay. What movie... It's a comedy. I'll give you that. What movie was this song in? Comedy. I could look it up, but from my own head, I can't answer it. Uh, so you a million dollars? I'm giving it up. Mike, do you know? I do not. Cable Guy. Oh. Cable Guy with Jim Carrey. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't have known that. Right. I'm not anyway, a huge fan. <laughs> there. All right. More of Hollywood 360 after this. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. In our next hour, Penny Singleton and Arthur Lake star in a radio comedy episode of Blondie from 1939. But first, we'll need a caller to play Beat the Host. Uh, that's right. It's all about Mick Jagger. He's going to be turning 80 next month. 80? 80. Oh, my If you'd like to play the goodness. game, give us a call at 312-642-5600. Caller number 12. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.